the wisdom in all of it for me is actually just trying not to control and just trying to accept what comes my way. Hey everyone, my name is Ben and welcome to the Click Collective podcast, I Started a Business. This show is all about inspiring, encouraging and motivating e-commerce enthusiasts and entrepreneurs by sharing successful small business stories. Click Collective is the first co-working space built around the needs of an e-commerce community and we're home to some pretty cool brands. Each episode will sit down with one of our members and chat about their journey, why they started, how they're going, their highs and lows and everything in between. This episode, we sit down with Daniel Kagan, co-founder of Part and Parcel, healthy and organic household staples delivered right to your door. Thank you for sitting down with me, Daniel. Um, let's start with the old faithful. Brief me, tell me about yourself and your business. Uh, well, my name's Daniel, uh, father of two, uh, two boys, and the business is called Part and Parcel. Uh, we've been around for a couple of years now. Uh, and it's all about making healthy eating, healthy living accessible to uh, all Australians. So uh, we have a beautiful website and we have a curated selection of household pantry staples and household products. Uh, generally, they're usually organic. Uh, there's no chemicals, etc. And it's all behind a membership platform. So we have a, a $6 a year annual membership and that brings the prices up to 40% below recommended retail. So making that price point more accessible to people. So, th- so think, uh, I guess, Costco for, for healthy living, for health foods. Yeah, well, I, I love the business and it's a pleasure to have you at Click. And um, of course, Part and Parcel is very conscious of sustainability. I think my first question is, where did that start for you? Were you always a advocate for a healthy lifestyle? Uh, I grew up in a household. My dad is is diabetic. Uh, it's funny. He's type one. I used to always just say diabetic, but now there's this type two business going on. So I've got to you know distinguish between the two. And I think that sort of indicates where we are as a as a society, where it's become essentially you know a pandemic in my in my sense. You know this idea of type two diabetes. But I was always conscious about food growing up. You know about sugar and what that does to your blood sugar levels, etc. So. Uh, that was always in my in my in my environment, and then once I uh, got a little bit older, you know, I started realizing the importance of eating well. So probably at, at university, I'd always, you know, I remember, you know, going out with my mates, having some drinks, and eating a, a palmer, for instance, and waking up the next day and feeling awful. So uh, there was always something going on, and then as I got older and I started uh, having children, uh, it became more and more apparent how important healthy living is. So yeah, yeah that's been a big one. Yeah, was there a um, kind of like, do you remember a moment where you're like, oh, this has got to change? Because me, me as a young person, I, yeah. I've, I've kind of having these little small moments where I'm like, oh, I've got to change this. I've got to go to the gym more, eat better. Um, was there any, any kind of wake up or was it more of just that feeling? I think it was more that feeling. I was very, I was always, I've always been really disciplined with my exercise, you know, but it was just that feeling in the morning, you know, if I'd have a, a big nod, you know, had a couple extra drinks, for instance, so like, I don't want to feel like this, you know, yeah. there must be a different way. And I think the advent of podcasting, which is kind of funny because we're doing one now, having access to information and free and like readily available information, yes. people that talking about health and wellness and saying, oh, you can do this or you can do that. I started to sort of try different things and then feeling the difference. Mm-hmm. So that was probably an aha moment and that would have been around six or seven years ago so yeah yeah i started to really really feel into it and yeah. realize that there's a different way yeah yeah awesome yeah. yeah yeah well going a bit more into the beginning of part and parcel um it started around the time of the birth of your second son yeah uh but not only that with covid yeah yeah so how did you balance all of these like new aspects in your life both personally and professionally with a business in mind we didn't 
Yeah. We didn't. It yeah. was it was it was horrendous. It was really painful. And my wife Leah, who was heavily involved in the creation of the business as well, she was, you know, all the design, you know, essentially the the aesthetic of the business was all her and still is her. And uh, so when we launched this business, we put our blood, sweat and tears uh, and financial, <laughs> you know, yeah. efforts into this. And then COVID, uh, Ty, my youngest was, yeah, he was basically uh, at that time, maybe six or seven months, I think. And my, and my, and my eldest was uh, in kinder. And then bang, we're, we're opening this business and it's an online business. And, you know, you'd think it would it'd be like the perfect timing, but we had literally had our, tied, our, our hands tied. And it was really stressful. It was really uh, stressful and uh, we didn't know who, you know, even just who's going to be with the kids in the morning or who's going to be at work. And we didn't even know how bad this virus was and we had, you know, vulnerable parents and everything was just really, really hard. And uh, it was a really hard way to launch the business, which was a bit of a shame. But, you know, we all went through it. So, uh, so but just having the young kids was particularly hard. But, you know, we, uh, we, we stuck at it and, uh, and thankfully we did because... I'm know, glad you did, yeah. <laughs> we're still around. Yeah, absolutely. Going into, like, actually starting the business and kicking it off, was there kind of a moment, like a light bulb moment where you were like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this, this idea of mine into a, into a business? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Uh, well, I'll take it. I'll take it a further step back. When I was doing another business before this, I was I built a, a, a business called Sportsmain. We did sport iOS and Android applications. Okay. So uh, that was a great business. We we literally got in the market at the start. So I, I got to see the iPhone, you know, wave of of just you know literally from its infancy. Wow. Yeah, we literally had the first iPhone in the countries and we saw there was a massive opportunity my business my ex business partner and I we worked out that oh we should build sport apps and it went really well for us and so once I sold that, you know, there was a there was a period of what's next and uh, I stayed home and sort of pondered it and I was looking after my first child but my wife Lee went back to work and the aha moment for part and parcel happened during that period when I was walking Ellie, you know, through the streets. So I was living in Fitzroy back then and, you know, I listened to heaps of podcasts. And nice. Yeah. I remember listening to a, a podcast by Dave Asprey, the Bulletproof Guy. I'm not sure if you know the Bulletproof Coffee. No, it's I've like heard the, of it. Anyway, it's a whole, uh, he's a whole, the original biohacker, which is a whole, whole scene. And uh, he was interviewing a guy who had a business called Thrive Market. And that was, I was like, oh my God, this business makes sense. And I was like, that's my aha moment. I want to do this business in Australia. So that's when I, when I started really planning it. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was the right timing because I was, you know, Leah was back at work and I was like, I've got to start this. And I had this real appetite and uh, sort of bull-like approach to wanting to create this business. So that was the aha moment of starting it. And then from then, literally two or three years later, we started the business. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nice. And of course, the other co-founder is your wife, Leah. Yeah, Leah, yeah. Do you find it necessary to split your home life and your work life or does it kind of naturally work? Such a good question. We can have a podcast about that if you want. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure everyone in Click can have a podcast about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm very curious about Yeah, we, we have to be conscious about it. Leah's taking a step back now. So uh, mm. we're, we're, we're fortunate enough to have some, some good people in the business now who are taking some of her tasks away. Not away from it's the wrong way of saying it, but as in managing it more. But uh, yeah, we have to be very conscious of who does what. But uh, you know, it's yeah, you know, you plan for things, and then COVID happens, and then we had you know 
some you know health issues with uh, with Leah's, Leah's father was quite unwell at the start of the year. Unfortunately, passed away just recently, so we had to deal with that. So, just just you plan, but life isn't about planning because what we've realised, well, what I've realised over the last two years is that it's like walking. You know, you take one step and the ground moves from you. Just about just at the point of stepping, <laughs> the, the ground moves. So you just it's hard to plan. So uh, to answer your question, we try to, but I think the, uh, I guess the, the wisdom in all of it for me is actually just trying not to control and just trying to accept what comes my way. Yeah. And, that's as, as, and that's the plan in my mind and that's, that's, that's the practice. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, really, it's really hard, you know, because everything's always changing. You yeah. know? It's so, kind of like what we were talking about before rolling about just kind of accepting as much as life's going to, you know, get tough. You just kind of, kind of learn from that pain, I suppose. Yeah. Of course, our analogy was tattoos. But yeah, I liked it. Yeah, you <laughs> go there. I, I, think, I think it works. Yeah, yeah it does. It's accepting um, the pain, yeah, you know, exactly. accepting the pain, accepting that it's not going to be comfortable and things are, are just going to happen. But yeah. the, the result, you know, we can't see it, but your tattoos are great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the analogy was um, sitting down and uh, getting a tattoo and just kind of, Sitting with that pain, knowing that you're going to forge something great, I suppose. Exactly. I don't think that's the conclusion we made, but maybe it is. I was, I was, that's why I was going with it. Okay. There yeah, we go. You summed up really well. There we go. <laughs> Two minds. Awesome. And then once you kind of got the business kicked off or kind of at that, at that point, um, what was the mission? What was the thing that you were like, I, I want to achieve this? I want to achieve just bringing these amazing, healthy products to as many Australians as possible. Yeah. You know, as simple as that. I would, when I was looking after Ellie and Leah was back at work, I would go to the health food store and, uh, and I'd buy, you know, I'd have a hundred bucks on me. That's why, you know, this is the best example. And I'd walk out with three items. I was like, I get why things are, are pricey, but this is not accessible to people. It's impossible for the everyday Australian to be able to afford these yeah. types of products. So that's the mission, you know, that's what I want to make achievable. I want everyone to have access to this food. And, I, and, and, and by doing, and also not to overwhelm people, you know, and I'd go to a health food store and I'd look and I'd be like, oh, I need to get some olive oil. So what's the difference between that olive oil and that olive oil and that olive oil? Is a price, is a branding? I was like, then for me, I felt like there, there, there could be a better way of doing it. So that was, that was the yeah. mission. And that, I think, will be the mission for a long time with, uh, with Part and Parcel. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I do want to talk about a bit more about the products later. Um, but I do really like how they're almost, you're almost kind of doing that, that searching for mm. the customer, yeah. which is really, really important, I think, because you can kind of get lost in the searching and what's the difference and all of that. But if you know and they put your trust in you, then... You can just kind of be like, this is this is great. Mm. Yeah. The key one is then putting the trust in us, and that's all we we need to work on is to build that trust. Yeah, mm. it's a Absolutely. good point. Yeah. Cool. So we're at the point where part and parcels, you know, you've gotten started, and you've got you're, you're very into sustainability. Mm. How do you tackle that as a business? That's a good question. Uh, when we sat down at the start and said, how how how, how are we going to tackle this? And uh, we looked at packaging. How, where do we, obviously that's where we start. And I just just did a, a research. I went on a mission and said, well, is, are there recyclable boxes I can get access to? It's like, yes, tick. Uh, sticky tape, plastic, surely there's another way around that. There is. There's paper-based tape, craft paper, so that gets recycled as well. 
And then it was uh, void, void fill, I think that's the word. Uh, and how do, we, how do we tackle that? Paper. So, uh, so, and, you know, wrapping and et cetera. So what we can control is that process right now, yeah? So that's how, that's how we tackled it. Uh, and I can talk about how we want to tackle it in the future now, or I can wait till later in the conversation. Oh, go for it, yeah. You know, and then, then I look, okay, well, in the future, how can we tackle sustainability? How can we, how can we help with this, you know, with this, this mission of ours? Hopefully we can get to a point where we can put more, I don't want to use the word pressure, I can't think of a better word, but we can actually persuade our suppliers to say, you know what, we don't want plastic packaging anymore. If you want to deal with part and parcel, we want it to be, you know, compostable packaging, you know? So that's another way we're trying to tackle it is trying to influence. And that's already happening with some of the brands, like a lot of the brands we deal with anyway, because we choose them, you know, for not what they make, but the difference they're making a lot of the times, you know, they're, they're really pushing the envelope. So yeah. that's a consideration from the curation point of view, but that's what we want to do in the future. And my biggest mission is I want to, I want to, I'd love to one day be more localized with our delivery and have electric vehicles, you know, to deliver all our products. You know, it's a, like a nice pipe dream. You know, obviously Australia is a massive country, and but we might just have to sort of be more direct with with where we're targeting our, you know, who our audience are, and then we can actually deliver to that audience based on having a network of EV vans, etc. Yes. So that's that that's that's a that's one that we're looking at. And uh, yeah, but I think, it, I think it's important of, you know, having a relationship with our suppliers and making sure how they're delivering the products is in a sustainable way as well, because that, that's, that's a really important. And also another one is going direct to the supplier as well. So when we can, and we do it a lot, we don't go through a distributor, we actually go direct, direct to the farmer, you know, so right. it doesn't have to go from point A to point B, then to point C and then to me, you know, it's like, hey, Mr... Nut man, <laughs> let's go straight straight to yeah. part and parcel. That's another way we're, we're we're conscious and trying to tackle sustainability from part and parcel's perspective. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I really liked what you said before about with your products that you you're looking for products that are making a difference. That brings me to my next question: is when when you're researching these products to sell, what's that process? Yeah, what are you looking for in a brand? Yeah, great question. That's that's a big one. What their consciousness around the environment, their employees, their community. Mm. So that's really a big one. Yeah. So a lot of our a lot of our brands that we deal with, you know, give back to the community for what you know. There's a plethora of of, of, of things that they're doing. Uh, they're good to their employees. They've got solar panels. They're off grid. They're whatever it might be. Not all of them, but some of them are. Uh, and then obviously the product, you know, how they're, how they're making it, you know, are they, are they organic biodynamic, which is a more holistic approach to, to, to producing food through the land? Uh, are they sustainably sourced? If it's coffee, are they ethically sourced? Like our coffee supply, 23 degrees, you know, they, they actually empower women coffee growers, you know, that's their mission. And it's beautiful. They empower them by, you know, showing them how to open up a bank account, for instance, you know, how to become independent how to, um, you know, what to do with the money when it comes into your bank account. It, it's not just, hey, we're just going to give people some opportunity. It's actually going be well and, you know, beyond that. And I like that. And that's, that's the brands we like to deal with. And, uh, yeah, I think I was, as I was saying, the way it's being made is, is really important. So organic farming is important, you know, from, a, from an environmental point of view. The idea that soil is, you know, can sort of, you know, uh, sequest you know carbon from, uh, from 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 the atmosphere is a big one not many people know about that so we looked at look at our suppliers who are doing that who are talking about that 
you know, the people who we get our flour from, they're all about regenerative agriculture, and that's a big deal. And it will be a big deal in the next few years. More and more people are talking about it. So that's, that's how we choose our supplies. You know, it's a really conscious, you know, approach. Awesome. Yeah. Now, of course, you're at Click Collective. Yes. Um, and most of our members at Click, they usually join after they've launched their business. <laughs> but good old part and, par- part and parcel joined us prior to launch. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about that? Like, was it to be around like, like-minded people, the, the space? Oh, it's a great question. I think I fell in love with Harry. <laughs> good old Harry. I, I walked in to Click Collective in Moorabbin. Yeah. And I was in with my, because my brothers are in logistics. They do 3PL and they came with me. And we all looked at this and they said, this is amazing. You know, yeah. you, you have to be here. This is a really clever concept. The, uh, like my brother Adrian said, oh, you, you know, if you had your own warehouse, you've got to organize bins and collections and yes. yep. all this stuff. I knew about internet and all that, but it's like, you don't understand when it comes to warehousing, there are all these hidden expenses that you don't know about until, you, until you're in your space. Yeah. So he's like, Daniel, this is going to be taken care of. It's, it's an amazing environment. There's a community, Ben, as you just said, yes. so you won't be alone. And it was just me. It was just myself at that point. Like Lee was working from home because it was obviously – actually, it wasn't COVID at that time. We actually were here eight months before he actually launched, which yeah, was kind exactly. of comical. And yeah. uh, that's what happens when you do things yourself. You think things are going to be done quicker, but it's like, oh, the design, there was an yeah. issue here. And, yeah. But, yeah, but literally, to answer your question – when we walked in here, Ben, we, I fell in love with this place. It is mm. such a great concept and it made sense to me. And it's, you know, I live in St. Kilda, so it's not so far. Yeah. And, uh, and I just, yeah, fell in love with the space. So I was like, I wanted to grab, you know, a warehouse. So yeah. we just did it. I'm, I'm really, really glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. And recently you've moved into a bigger space. Correct. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, was expanding your space part of your goals this year? Or was it a bit more spontaneous? Great question. Uh, it was part of our goals, yeah. When yeah, awesome. you when you were getting more space, when you were, were going to employ some people to take it to the next level, we needed desk space, and it was getting crammed in number fifty five. Mm, uh, yeah. So it was uh, it was definitely part of our, our plans, and I'm so glad the opportunity came about because we weren't sure because it's you know seems it's quite busy now. So yep. uh, at, you know Monica weaved her magic, and we're able to get get uh, across the across the hallway. Yeah, yeah awesome. which was great. It was a massive move. Two days, we've got my two kids, my, Leah yeah. and Lachlan, who works with me. Yeah. We just smashed it. It was amazing. Uh, props <laughs> to the team and the family. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was really it was sweet. a good effort and it happened really quickly too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, awesome. And I know we briefly spoke about goals for the future. For part and parcel? Yeah, we. I think we talked about more so sustainability with packaging, but is there anything else that comes to mind? Uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, I think I think more content on the site. You know, I was having a chat to to our Darren, who's working with us now, about this concept of like when like healthy food. Like, I, I want to remove the word healthy from food. You know, like that's an overall vision. Wow. Like if you yeah, if you yeah. think about it, like food is food. It comes from the ground, and you eat it. You know, yeah. but we've obviously changed that through you know, processed food, you know, manufacturing, uh, you know, convenience. So when someone, if I'm at the, if I'm making my lunch and someone says, oh, you're eating healthy, that's a healthy. I'm like, no, this is just me eating avocado and spinach and tuna, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is a, a real mission for, for part and parcel is to sort of break that, remove the word healthy from just food and food should just be, you know, good food should be part and parcel of your life. 
And that's the overall vision of us, of what we're trying to do. And if we can do that through the price point to get people in and say, well, you're not eating a, you know, a, a, a good rice, you know, that's not sort of, you know, monocropped, you know, meaning it's just like one bit of soil that's just producing more and more rice. Well, that's probably not a good example. Just wet oats, for instance. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's going to be, we can make that more accessible to people. So they want to buy it. And then, and then, and then we can say, well, they, this brand's the best brand because of X, Y, and Z. If we can start making it easy for people through, through, through those, getting through those hurdles or jumping over those hurdles, then maybe more people will start eating well, you know, and eating good food and then it will become just part of their life. So that's the overall mission of Part and Parcel. Because I know to your first question or at the start, why did I choose? What was the aha moment? It was just feeling good, you know. Yeah. That's all, just feeling good. And food's a big part. And obviously sleep and, uh, you know, I could, I could talk about sleep for 10 hours, <laughs> yeah. especially being yeah. a, a parent of two young boys. Mm. But just that, that one component of food, you know. Yeah. Food is life, you know. It gives our energy, good food. Will, will sustain us for a lot longer. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my big mission. Yeah, it's what I really like about part and parcel is it. It's a very human goal to have, mm. and it's, it it feels very genuine. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah it it's is simple too. It's really simple. Like yeah. when you ask like what part what part and parcel is about, what do we do to explain it? It might might take some time to get yeah. the engine revving and going, but Definitely. once once yep. you're in it, you're like, oh, yeah, this makes sense, and that's yep. what we hopefully we can achieve that because it is it is a simple business. It's just yep. accessibility, that's yep. it, and ease. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ask you one last thing before we wrap it up because I know you're a very busy man. Uh, um, <laughs> not right now. I'm enjoying this. We could talk all day. Oh, excellent. I'm glad you are. Um, I do want to ask: Is there, as a small business owner, do you have do you have any quotes, mantras, anything that you live by, anything that you use to remind yourself, whether it's, you know, people or things that you say to yourself? Uh, yeah, I think just recently something, you know, that my, 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 my late father-in-law would always teach me uh, is just about, is about giving, is about love, is about opening your heart. Mm. You know, that's all we can do as society. You know, as, as soon as we, we open ourselves and we give, you know, unconditionally, that's, that's when goodness happens. And yeah. I try to live by that. I try to think in that way as much as I can. I don't half the time because, you know, my brain is foggy and there's a million things going on. But as, as, as long as I can take a step back and listen to his words and, and just connect to the idea of giving, of love, you know, yeah community you know giving to that is, is is really where it's at and uh and that's probably the mantra that that i that i live i try to live by that's amazing yeah that's a really good answer oh yeah. good i'm glad yeah. he was a wise man so yeah it was uh it was it was a nice lesson to to receive mm -hmm. and like i said before it's very human totally very human yeah we are you know mm. we're i think the problem from my perspective is that we, we get taken out of that, you know, and we try to control back to that controlling piece of, yeah. you know, we try to control our environment, but if you just open up and just let things come in and just give back, yeah. that's when I think the goodness happens. But yeah. We can't control everything. No, it's just not the way the world works. So. Not at all. And it's, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I, you know, I fall into that, you know, yeah. I just call myself on it as much as I can. That's to, the best we can do. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Awesome. 
Well, Daniel, it was a pleasure. We had a very, very good conversation, I think. I hope so, Ben. Thank you. Awesome. Well, check out Part and Parcel and um, get yourself a subscription. It's really good stuff, (laughs) especially if you made it to the end of this podcast. Um, Awesome. Thanks, man. Want to know more about where Daniel runs his business? Click Collective is a warehousing and co-working space built around the needs of an e-commerce community. On site, we have spaces for your warehouse, office, showroom, logistics, and a photography space. So we're a one-stop shop to run your business. You can head to our website to know more at clickcollective.com.au or check out our Instagram at clickcollective.